art asks questions and design answers questions. Art is there to like challenge us, to pose questions around human existence, why we're here. And design is there to actually solve problems, to, uh, to take questions and you try to answer them in an organized manner, in a structured manner. everybody and welcome on the next episode. My name is Anfisa and I'm joined today by my co-host Ioana. We're going to talk about uh, one interesting and juicy topic called user experience design. Is it an art or is it a science? Uh, I feel like many people who are transitioning into UX design might have not been feeling comfortable about one or another side of it. Maybe people from more artistic background feeling like, oh, if it's a science, I don't know if I can do this. I'm not good at math. Or people are from maybe scientific background might think that art isn't for me, I'm more logical person and stuff like that. So actually I wanted to talk about this topic to try to decode and really trying to understand if UX design lays on one or another side of this axis, so to say, or actually it's somewhere in between. But before we get started today, I just want to take a moment and introduce there's something new in our episode today. Uh, and that is that it's actually powered by UX Tweak. And uh, you probably, if our listeners uh, were following us on Instagram, they've seen that we have both uh, experimented with UX Tweak and uh, recommended some of their features and functionalities. And uh, for those of you who don't know yet UX Tweak, it's a platform for doing, for running UX research and it has a lot of capabilities to it. So we will try to explore from one episode to another uh, very briefly some of the capabilities that UX Tweak offers and actually UX research best practices in general. Yes, it's very exciting news because it's a new milestone for our podcast to have somebody powering up our episodes. I've been using it from the beginning of this year and I really, really love it because it kind of have like all the small tools that you would be using for different use cases. And here this tool is like proactively building tools to have everything in one place. Like Figma did it in the span of the last two, three years. Like they have substituted so many tools that you don't have to switch brains every time and uh, manage tasks in different places, including different budgets, right? One of the tools that UX Week has is called Surveys, and it allows you to create the questions on different pages of your website and then add a little snippet of the code to the website, your website head, and then the, the visitors of your website will see the pop-up with the question uh, in a specific place. It could be like in a specific page of your website where it's asking, let's say, what is a section about so you can actually learn for example if people are getting your message across or what feature you're missing and stuff like this so there are multiple ways how you can use surveys and ask people to a uh, validate if you're communicating uh, some things clearly or collect ideas about the next features and then this widget will go directly to your website and so the visitors of your website will be answering those questions but um, if you don't have for example your audience and the website is new you can actually also use their user panel and basically you can specify some demographic details about your target audience and then uh, people from their user pool will be answering those same questions. So yeah, with this little introduction, um, I would like to invite you to try it out as well uh, for your next website testing or every time you have any doubt or hypothesis or assumption, make sure to test it. I think we with Joanna are huge proponents of testing, so we always encourage uh, to test everything 
possible and impossible. <laughs> uh, and UX Tweak is just a great tool to start your testing from. And uh, if you have never used it, just check out the links in our show notes. There will be also a nice bonus uh, and a discount code, but you can also start for free. They have freemium um, package. And so, yeah, you can just try it out and see if that's something for you. Other than that, I think uh, we can just jump right into the topic. The topic of today, just to remind everybody, uh, is user experience design. Is it more of a science or is it more of an art? And um, it's an interesting topic, like I mentioned in the beginning, because when I have been starting out, uh, and I told already, I think in the previous episode, that I was coming from like a very artistic background, but I wanted to start our conversation um, also asking you, Ioana, when you first heard about user experience design, what was your initial reaction or impression of this industry? What were you expecting from it? Was it for you also like this natural transition from the graphic design? Or how did you feel about user experience design? Um, can you share your impression and then maybe expectations as well? When I started out, I remember very clearly that I thought that you need to have like talent to be a UX designer, that you need to be talented and be good at, I don't know, drawing and creating a visual um, work and being creative. And so in the beginning, I feel that, I think that because I was just seeing these outputs of, um, of UX and I wasn't really grasping the outcomes, like the, the actual experience that a user has, I was just seeing like, what, what does a UX designer do? Well, he creates like, he, she creates these screens and these screens need to look pretty so you have to be talented and you have to have an eye for design for visual design and so this was like something that i was um like probably my first understanding of ux design was that it's very it's it's artistic it's like the bridge between uh, art and uh, something that's actually useful so it felt like it's uh it's somewhere in the middle and uh my conception around this has changed a lot. I will discuss about that later on in, the, uh, in this episode. But yes, I remember very clearly that I, I kept wondering whether I'm talented enough to be a UX designer. Do I, do I have enough skill, for enough eye for visual design? Am I talented? How can I foster this talent? And so, yeah, I, I, I have this very clear memory. Uh, how about you? How did you perceive UX design in the beginning? I feel like I was on the same page as you. Um, I, I didn't think I needed talent. Well, actually, let me get back to even earlier stages. So one problem I had, it was not that I needed to have a talent. I feel like I was drawing on my life from five years old. I felt like I had enough validation of having the uh, the art talent, so to say. But I, I did felt, uh, I think I mentioned it in the past, that I felt that I'm so not tech savvy that I can draw anything on a paper, but I cannot do anything on 2D, like on the digital format. Uh, like in the past, I, I was very, I was very clumsy with technology, and I felt like I could never draw there. Like, actually, the, the funny story is that. We used to have, so I'm from Ukraine, and instead of Facebook, we're using like our alternative called Kontakte, and they have this like concept of feed where you would draw different messages to each other, and you would use your mouse to draw there. And I was that was my first introduction to drawing something 2D, <laughs> and I was so bad at it. I felt like I would never be able to draw anything in 2D because my paintings or drawings there were like horrible horrible like this horror movies and so when i was doing those drawings i felt like i would never be able to be a graphic designer i would never be able to use illustrator or photoshop i'm so clumsy at this 
And so my misconception was that if you start doing the UX design, you have to be really great at 2D arting uh, or drawing. You would have to be able to draw illustrations and beautiful graphics. And I think for the first two, three years, I was very sure expectations from me was to make 2D art. And I had a very big fear that I'll never be able to succeed at this. And so that's how I felt like, oh, it's a bit more artisty. And only like two, three years in, um, as I was starting to talk to businesses and I take products and companies, I started realizing that it's I'm actually not supposed to draw. I can always just download things from stock and uh, maybe uh, buy photos, buy illustrations. But uh, yeah, I'm not here to draw illustrations. (laughs) Ultimately, I'm here to build products. And and then I started feeling more like, okay, I'm I'm about flows. I'm going to do flows and flows that are a bit more logical. So I started feeling like, Maybe this is just my misconception. Maybe I'm not supposed to be doing this, but I definitely had um, a strong belief that it's about drawing nice illustrations. But um, I, you mentioned that you have had this feeling it, or this feeling was changing over time. Uh, so I'd like to expand a little bit more on that topic and ask you, how, how was this experience or journey figuring out that maybe it's not all about the art um. and I love this question and I, I love that it invites me to reflect back on my entire career and how it evolved and I think it's it's a very valuable exercise for myself first and also for my listeners so yeah um, I think that in the beginning I um, as I said I identified UX design or I unpacked it I understood it as something that's fairly artistic uh, like um, the middle ground between art and um, and something practical. But then as I started actually working as a UX designer and learning UX design, going deeper and deeper into this field, I realized that there's um, a lot of structure, method, process. So I kept bumping into things that felt more scientific than artistic. And so... Um, my view on UX design evolved um, continuously along these years of experience and it was because um, I realized that UX design is actually applying techniques, applying a process, um, searching for the truth, if you want, in the process, asking questions, answering questions. And so I think that, um, and and actually this point around asking questions and answering questions kind of reminds me of this. I don't know if it's a quote. I'm not sure where I picked it up. I like it very much. We teach it in our UX bootcamp. It's a quote that I feel that captures the difference between art and UX and design. Uh, So it goes something like um, art asks questions and design answers questions. So I think that at a very um, broad level, art is there to like challenge us, to pose questions around human existence, why we're here, what, what is life and so on. So I think that ultimately art is there to like provoke us uh, by asking different many times uncomfortable questions and design is there to actually solve problems to add to take questions not that philosophical but more practical questions like how do you design a good shopping experience how can we how can we um, make shopping easy Um, and and then you take these practical questions and you and you try to 
answer them in an organized manner, in a structured manner, in, in a formalized manner. So that means that there's always process to it. So that makes it more scientific. And this surge of uh, truth, of, of tangible data, of reliable information, of the statistical confidence, of qualitative insights, this is something that is a scientific pursuit in a way. So my, my view has changed like 180 degrees uh, in, the, in the past couple of years. And I'm really curious to hear how things have changed and evolved for you. <laughs> so first of all, I, I really like that you mentioned quotes and I was like also thinking maybe I should also plug this quote, which I felt like fit in very well to recap what you were just describing. So UX design is like an art within the boundaries of science. Maybe art is something without the actual limitations of boundaries, right? Because when you create art, uh, there are actually some rules and some techniques to create <clears throat> academical drawing, I would say. But essentially, I think art is perceived like it's not supposed to fit in into some boundaries. It's supposed to be expressive. It's supposed to create emotion and feeling, whereas design is all about solve the problem, starting from the problem space. So my my perception, if I go back to the original question, my perception definitely changed over time as well. Uh, I think it would come back to to the fact that I was doing this master's degree and as I said in the beginning that I was kind of thrown into this. I didn't know why do I have to follow the process. I was not even sure. So for me it was not like a conscious decision or conscious learning or conscious insight that um, you have to apply the process so you kind of get those uh, meaningful results. I came from very artistic background and I was expecting to do more art <laughs> and then as I was introduced to the process I was not even sure why but um, slowly 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 as I was doing more freelance work um, I started naturally figuring out a lot of issues with the process when I'm just <clears throat> so to say taking orders from the clients when the clients would just <clears throat> reach out to me and say like Oh, we just need to make it beautiful or we just need to uh, make this one illustration or this one flow or this one screen and that is it and then i did start realizing that it doesn't make sense that i don't have arguments to back it up i don't have arguments to talk to my client uh sort of in a way that will question some of the decisions we're doing here and then i started connecting the dots with between the process i was studying at the university i started realizing that you do need to have a process you do need to have a data if eventually you realize that just building beautiful stuff is not enough if you just build another spotify with a better illustrations uh why would people switch to, to your app why would i need another app just making it more pretty doesn't work it's not qualified as the better solution so you know, naturally start realizing that it's not just about making it more pretty, but understanding the basics, right? The, the, the problem, uh, the business market fit, uh, applying the process, figuring out how do we solve this problem and going through all the stages of the classic design process to again um, get to a more meaningful results. Uh, so maybe again, another point to this topic is that yes, with the practice, I did learn that it's not just about making things pretty. UX design is much more about the evidence. And I really like also the fact if you connect the dots between, let's say, this, uh, the science and the UX design is that scientists like designers, and we always push this idea, start from the problem space. Uh, so with all those misconceptions we had and the knowledge we have built over our practice, um, 
can we conclude what actually makes UX design arty and what parts of it make it more scientific? Um, can we try to kind of, maybe not to say quantify, but like uh, tactically specify what what actually is arty in UX design and what is scientific? <laughs> I think that I'm going to start with the artsy part because <laughs> I think that that part is, um, I mean, you can be creative even when you explore um, you diverge on different solutions. So when you start ideating and you start exploring um, different different ways of solving the, the problems you've uncovered and you've unpacked, um, you, you can be fairly creative, but it's it still has to be very strongly connected to the problem you're solving. So there is not total freedom in, in that space. And another point in the UX process where you might have some room for uh, artistic expression is when you're actually doing the the visual design, the, the UI design layer, not much in the interactions because you don't want to be overly creative when you design interactions. They have to be, um, they have to respond to the mental models that users already have. It has to be intuitive. You can't be just super creative and disruptive and then come up with, a, with a, an interaction model that nobody recognizes. But in the UI design part, so when you're defining, uh, let's say the typography you will be using, the, um, the color system, um, the imagery, maybe the illustrations, the iconography, when you work with all those visual parts, you kind of have some room to like get creative and feel a bit artistic and do something that looks pretty. Because definitely, I'm not, I think designers, maybe kind of get a name for arguing against making pretty screens uh, or eye candy design. But yeah, we're arguing against that if it doesn't have a functional purpose, if it's not intentional design, if it's not meaningful, if it doesn't make sense. But I have to say, when I see a product that's functional and that's good design and it also looks very nice I'm impressed so so definitely you do have some room to get creative and artistic when you're defining how the elements on the page will look so that's a that's a place for let's say um, a small artistic playground but again under some constraints it, it still has to appeal uh, to like the the mental models that that the users have and in terms of where design is scientific i think the most scientific part is actually in the research stage when you're operating with a lot of data and that da the data you're gathering has to be collected in a structured manner and you're using your you're employing a lot of techniques and artifacts and um, and and yes uh, templates maybe for using data it's it's a lot of process over there and it's it's scientific because i think the purpose of running research is that you want to um, answer questions to a level of confidence there, there has to be a level of confidence in in the effort that you're putting in in the output of your research effort so it's it's scientific in the sense that you try to uncover the truth so i think that science that's what science does it asks a question like it, it proposes a hypothesis and then they try to prove it or they try to prove it wrong or so this is this is what art it's, it's in a way it's a form of critical thinking it's the same sort of critical thinking that you're employing in the scientific world uh, in and it's it's the same in UX design so you're trying to to uncover whether something is right or wrong and what is the truth 
So in that way, we're, we're quite similar to like the research in the scientific world. And I think that if you do it in a very unstructured, uncontrolled, unintentional manner, if the research stage is like random, you're just talking to people, but you're not gathering the insights, you're not processing them in an in a organized manner, then it can like completely damage your, your design uh, process and your design, the outcome of your design decisions. So it has to be scientific. It has to be organized. It has to be, it has to follow um, a structure and it has to be intentional. So in that way, I don't think there is a lot of room for being creative. Maybe you can sort of get like artistic in, in how you run research. Maybe, I don't know, do some interesting guerrilla research experiments, go on the street and try to devise some sort of, I don't know, fake ATM where you watch people interacting with something that's like a dummy ATM and that's a sort of um, creative expression. But it everything you do in the research phase has to err on the side of science, if that makes sense. So I, I think I ended my... Uh, <laughs> my monologue. How about, how about you? What are your thoughts on this? I think that as we look at the design process, right, we usually would have those two famous double diamond stages, right? First is more about the problem space um, and understanding what and who and, and why and all of that. And that second part, the second diamond is all about the solution space and figuring out the ideas and then converging ideas and testing those ideas. So if you look at the design process from two uh, diamond perspective, the first one would be more naturally like more scientific because like we established you would need data you would need to collect evidence you will need to intentionally um, go into the process ask the right questions uh, collect and analyze this data and then again with the certain level of confidence go and, and start solving this problem right so this is more like it looks like more naturally a scientific space and then uh, of course it makes me feel like oh yeah probably this second diamond the solution space is more about art then where you can i don't know experiment try different ui styles ui combinations and stuff like that but to be completely honest i actually think that ui is also could be scientific <laughs> in the beginning of this episode i mentioned that i was having a huge fear doing the ui design i felt like i'm not good at 2d and i'll never be able to i don't know even do the basics illustrations or graphics or icons or connect uh, fonts i had no clue about typography i did i've never studied it and i didn't know how to in the digital space applied i could only draw things so <laughs> what do you want a squirrel or do you want a portrait i can do that but not like typography combination so um for me like i didn't know and i had like it's fear that i will not be, ba be able to be good at this and then around 2015 ish i uh so i was like a very uh heavy medium uh medium reader a medium.com reader so i stumbled upon one article that actually i could find it right now I think it was called um, Seven Rules for Creating Gorgeous UI. And when I read it, it was like, boom. <laughs> it was really great because it was wrote uh, by an engineer. He wanted to learn, is, is UI design something I could... I could hone and learn, or is it something you have just to have natural talent for? And then as I have the talent, I know how to do it best. So when I read this, this article, it was really cool because he, this guy managed to collect all the, most of the important rules for UI design in a scientific way. He could also collect the evidences. He could also explain 
that you can make decisions logically. You don't always have to just have this haute couture uh, taste and uh, see the things through and compare, I don't know, combine things together visually and then feel like this is the best combination ever. You can actually think about it logically and sort of apply different rules, apply a process to to uh, create gorgeous UI, how, to, how he said. So there are actually things that you can learn um, and most of them could be also taught in the, in the graphic design schools, I believe, because these guys talking a lot about uh, how do we treat light and the combinations and the white space and the typography and the text and stuff. I mean, basically all the most important principles of UI design. And so when I read it, I realized that it's also not just about how it feels. So if, if UI could be also scientific, so to say, where the arty part is actually laying. And when I try to answer this question, I feel like for me personally, artsy part is still in the same double, right, in the second solution space uh, diamond area. But it's it's for me in the design thinking uh, exploration process where um, it's very broad and where it's like an, a lot of unknowns, a lot of ideas out there. And you want to start capturing those ideas and basically start expressing everything that's on your mind, everything you have ever see, seen, trying to go broad, uh, try to diverge and uh, start from crazy ideas and then maybe connect them with the more less crazy ideas and then in between find an interesting concept. And so that's where I felt like this is more artsy space for me personally, because that's the place where I don't, again, I don't have like any limitations. I can go cr as crazy as I want. I could imagine perfect world, a spaceship or whatever. <laughs> I can go as crazy as I want and nobody will tell me yet at that area uh, that this is impossible. We have those limitations. Uh, we have our constraints and stuff like that. So somehow for me, that became a more artsy place uh, for the design process. And I still really, really love it. I still really love to go uh, dirty with the sketches and go crazy and make a lot of paper sketches, storyboarding, crazy eight sketches and stuff like that, where this is a place for me to kind of go crazy. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I guess my takeaway here. And this is maybe some natural transition for us for a takeaway area. But one of the takeaways would be here that it's interesting that we have started with a very, very strong concept that UX design might have been a very artsy and, and then you have to be talented and you have to draw and you have to be create a digital art. But somehow, as I think about the process that we are applying today in our practice, I could see that it's it's not so much space for the art. It's just this, for me personally, this one area when there is no limitations yet and I could experiment with ideas. Other than that, I don't see there is much space for art, to be completely honest. So at the end, I guess my key takeaway is that for me personally, UX design is a little bit more scientific, actually m much more scientific than, than arty. That would be my conclusion for today. I wonder if you have your conclusion uh, so we can actually start like transitioning to our takeaways for today's. I don't, I don't think I have a particular conclusion because I think there are many um, aspects that I liked in the conversation and I'm going to just jump into our takeaways for today. Uh, I'm going to start with, I'm going to start from uh, the back uh, towards the start. Um, I just want to say that I completely agree that UI is also uh, mostly scientific. So I think there is some room for being creative and 
for being artistic, but mostly you are uh, using uh, principles and, um, and, and structures and interactions and models that have been studied, that have been proven to work. You're using uh, principles for, uh, that derive themselves from psychology, for example, the Gestalt principles for uh, creating contrast and, um, and how to um, use elements to, to communicate interactions. And so I think that um, it's, it's, it's mostly scientific. So UX design for its most part, for most parts, it's, it's just purely that maybe not purely scientific but it's it's um much more closer to science so that's that's i think my conclusion if you want one for today and my key takeaway um another thing is that um that i want to mention in the end is that um i find it very interesting and i love to observe how my conceptions have changed over the years and i think that this is one interesting takeaway that you start off thinking that UX design is like this uh, field that makes pretty screens and pretty designs and everything needs to be uh, good looking and uh, eye candy uh, stuff. And then you realize that it's it's a lot of work in the process area and it's a lot of work in, in gathering um, evidence. Yeah, so I think that it's... Um, um, it's really interesting how our conception, how our understanding of UX design changes over the years and how common it is to start off thinking that it's going to be artistic when in fact it's going to be uh, scientific. And my last finding, uh, my last takeaway for today would be that uh, one shouldn't get discouraged if they're not talented, if they feel like they're not artistic enough to become a UX designer. Uh, don't don't restrict yourself from exploring this field. If you're considering a transition to UX design or if you're a junior designer just starting out, don't get discouraged. Don't get yourself uh, blocked by the idea that you need to be talented, that you need to have these visual skills. You don't. You just have to be very rigorous in the, in the way you apply the, the process and in the way you ask questions and then um, set out to answer them. It's more about rigor. It's about process. Like I said, I think it's the 10th time in this episode. It's about applying methods and, and trying to, to prove if something to, un to understand what is the truth and what is the problem you're solving, if you're solving the right problem, if you're solving the problem right, and so on. So it's a lot of inquiry that you'll be doing, and uh, it's much less about being artistic. So if, you, if you're contemplating a career switch to UX design, uh, don't, don't start by assuming that you need to be talented, because you don't. And I'm going to pass it over to you, Anfisa, for your top three takeaways for today. <laughs> Great points. I really like the last one. Uh, I think it was important for us to make sure we, we, cover, uh, we cover it. Um, and actually, I will maybe build up on, on top of that one. Um, I would just say that I agree. UX design, I mean, it's nice if you have a talent, but it's it's really not required. Uh, maybe it will be faster for you if you can naturally spot nice combinations and then you can back it up with some rules and, and, and like you said, different psychological principles. But to be honest, it, it could be taught and so you don't i would just build up on what you were saying like right you don't necessarily need a talent ux design does not require to be to to be a like a talented graphical designer or just a designer like seeing things beautifully and stuff like that um i have seen people who are really great at it naturally and i think like it's it's just faster for them to transition to design 
I mean, they are probably can build in things without reading much, but they could just like naturally build it. But, but again, uh, I think like just don't be discouraged because to be completely honest, you can spend just a little bit more time, but get literally to the same place. But you can also have your natural talents in some other areas. You might have uh, natural skills that fit in really great in other areas of design process. So I feel like literally uh, people with very multiple and very different diverse skills could, f- could fit in into the design industry naturally and doesn't need to be a beautiful visual art and stuff. So my takeaway here would be actually that UX design does not necessarily require the talent, but it requires a lot of effort and a lot of um, experiences building the skills, the hard skills, the soft skills, all of this jam that we are discussing uh, in the other episodes of this podcast. My takeaway was that UX for me is more scientific, but there could be found different places in the process where you could apply art or be creative be uh, like there could be those freedom spaces where um, you might have no boundaries and that's, those are the places where I would usually be very excited about and would enjoy those stages in the process really much it's like partly arty <laughs> but in the scientific uh, space or in the scientific boundaries so to say that would be my takeaway and um Another takeaway, which I think we discussed a lot in this episode, but just going to make it as a bullet point. So user experience design as the process, it's it's not about randomly jumping into it and figuring out as you go, but uncovering the truth evidently and intentionally so that you know what worked, what doesn't work, they can measure it. You can always back up your decisions and have strong arguments in any product driving conversations. And that would be my last takeaway for today. I wanted to say thank you, Anna, Anna, for joining another great episode. And uh, I would invite also our listeners uh, to rate our podcast on any platform of their choice. Uh, Just leave us a review um, or send us a message. We are always appreciative to receive those messages. And if you have any questions that uh, you would like us to talk about in the next episodes, feel free to DM us as well, either on our personal Instagram accounts as Anfisign or UXGoodies or our podcast. Um, account which you can find under honest ux talks and that would be it for today uh thank you so much for joining and have a great day bye bye everyone